Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. I'm Tracy Koga with something short and fun. This is a Hugh Soundbite. I believe that um, art transcends spaces. It transcends borders. It transcends languages. Um, and as a result, it, it, it assists us to be able to connect with each other. I think that one of the great powers of art is its ability to access something beyond our mind, reach into our heart, and make us feel something. Uh, and when we want cha- to see change in the world, when we're able to make something personal, I think that's maybe the first step towards activating people uh, to, to different behaviors, to, to actually being part of change. So Artivism profiles six artists and art collectives from around the world, and it's about how they create art as a response to human rights violations and and a way to prevent them from ever happening again. The Witness Blanket is um, a collection, about 800 pieces gathered from the sites of Indian residential schools, some government buildings, some churches, and donated by survivors and their families, that when woven together in this beautiful piece of art, Uh, tell us the story of Indian residential schools and ensure that we think about how we are going to make sure this never happens again. Presented alongside each other, these exhibitions are testaments really to the power of art to help people survive and to resist, to build hope and, and to take action for human rights. So Artivism was created by an organization called the Auschwitz uh, Institute for the Prevention of Genocide and Mass Atrocities. So this particular uh, exhibition uh, was developed and premiered at the 2019 Venice Biennale. Um, And its presentation at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights is its North American debut. I strongly believe that everybody can participate in the effort of making sure that the dark history of let's say my country or other countries just the dark histories of the world will not repeat themselves 
I really strongly believe that everybody can participate in that in their own way. As an artist, I feel this is my responsibility. Art for me is a space to create conversations and for me to have a conversation and for me to create space for other people to have a conversation. Art has a way of, um, of confronting the past without reliving it, bringing people in who perhaps normally would just like close their eyes or shut out their ears. Art knows no language. Art doesn't speak to you through words, but through experience. And when you look at a piece of art, you can feel what that artist was feeling. You can see through their eyes instead of just reading words, but you experience it. It's really hard to walk away and not feel something. And I think if you feel something, then you can act on it. What's great about the museum is, is it's ability to educate and transform the way Canadians and young Canadians think about the importance of human rights historically, but also, you know, the role of, of evolving our perception of human rights moving forward. And I think doing that through art is just such a creative way that will hopefully inspire people that otherwise maybe wouldn't be engaging with this sort of subject matter. And I, I think that's why it's such a powerful exhibition. And So the Truth and Reconciliation Commission went across Canada to listen to the survivor stories. So we were called survivors of residential schools. What happens is you have to share your story of what you went through in residential school. It was traumatizing for me to go through that. The whole time that you're there, you feel like you're making it up. Because everything that we learned in residential school about who we were or how we were rejected, like you're lazy, you're a liar, you're a thief, you're, you're a drunk, you're all these things. There's still, those, those beliefs are still very prominent in, in some of the people, in some of the communities. When I'm creating artwork, I don't have that doubt. I, I, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I really believe that the work becomes, in the process, the work becomes what it needs to become. It tells the story that needs to be told. For me, The Witness Blanket has always been about telling truth, about recording truth. So first and foremost, what I hope people get when they come to see it is a sense of that truth the collective truth that is held by all of those pieces and all of the stories. That if, if it's settler folks who are not familiar with the history um, that we have in Canada uh, of residential schools, of colonialism, that, that it becomes an illustration and marks a point where they shift from not knowing to knowing. And when it comes to Indigenous people who have invariably been affected by these things. I hope that they see that care.
that love that that these things are interconnected um, the schools the reserve systems the displacement these have all been part of uh, intentional removal of indigenous presence lastly I hope for for survivors residential school survivors and intergenerational survivors who might who might see the blanket that they feel hurt I know that's a lot to ask from a work of art but I've seen through the ways that different people have have brought projects to me through things like the agreement that we've made with the Museum for Human Rights that that it can happen Part of preserving the artwork is working with Carrie and his team to think about how we can honor the spirit of each material and story on the artwork. The stewardship agreement guides us and, and really it's quite incredible how much interaction and collaboration there is between teams of people to make decisions about how to best honor each voice and community represented within the artwork. And I hope that as you look at the examples we provided and as you look panel to panel and, and piece to piece, you really have the opportunity to get up close, um, think about the details of materials and what that story is they're trying to convey. This is evidence, this is uh, a conversation piece, this is a piece for learning. Projects like this are so important to community because when we think about truth and reconciliation, this particular piece really is the first part of that, which is truth. And although there isn't a written roadmap on truth or reconciliation, those steps are in that sequence. What you witness here is the truth aspect and that experience that happened in the past to Indigenous people. And it is so important for us as a country that we continue this dialogue and in order to move into reconciliation to go through the truth. When I think about the relationship that we have with the witness blanket as a museum, I really think about it as a relationship. So we don't own those pieces. We have a shared agreement and we have a shared responsibility to care for those stories. That's a different way of looking at history. It's a different way of thinking about how we're going to work towards decolonization and reconciliation because it's in partnership. And I think that's what the relationship was always intended to be. It's just taken us a while to figure out that that's how we're actually going to get to the place we talk about going to. Art is a beautiful medium to tell human rights stories because art has this unique ability to evoke emotion in us as humans. And when that emotion is sparked 
in us. It makes us think. It makes our brain then start to work and think about what are we going to do to digest that emotion? What are we going to do with this feeling that we're left in? And I think that's what sparks inspiration. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.